Let's pray, and then we'll go right into the, the video. Father, we just give you thanks tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have entrusted us, Lord, with, with this, this message, Lord God, with, with uh, the passion and the heart that we have, Lord, with, with serving, yes, Lord God, but with also um, just loving our children, Lord. They are a blessing, Lord God, and so it is a privilege and an honor, Lord God, to be able to speak about that tonight, about how much they have blessed us, Lord, about the trials and the errors, Lord God, the, the failures and the victories, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have seen us through all of that, Lord God, and just pray tonight, Lord, that, that you would speak through us, Lord, that we are a conduit for, for your Holy Spirit to flow through tonight, Lord. May our, our testimony and what we have to share, Lord God, uh, not only honor you, Lord, but bless those here tonight, Father God. If, if it can just help one person, Lord, and, and help teach one of us something, Lord God, then we've achieved, uh, Lord, uh, your plan and purpose tonight, Lord. So we honor you, Lord God. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord God. And, and we just uh, surrender this night and commit it unto you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Okay, so they were not paid. Um, but that actually, I just wanted it, we wanted it to be some encouragement because the whole basis behind that is that we, I in, asked our children, that's four of our children, there's more children, and they are all different colors, we could tell you the story. Um, but anyway, um, I wanted to ask them, we said, I know we did a lot of things wrong, right? But what stands out that we did right? And so that's what you just capture, what we captured here. And I just want to encourage with the video, we would have never guessed pretty much everything that they said. What stood up out to them, manners, just different things that they said stood out to them that we did right. So the encouragement is if you feel like you've blown it, if you feel like you're not doing a good job, if you feel like I totally missed it, you didn't. Because as you can see here, our children are older and they have great things to say that we would have never <laughs> anticipated because the struggle's been real at times, honestly. But praise the Lord, he's faithful. Um, so we just wanted to share that. Um, we're going to tag team. Um, but I just wanted to tell you just briefly a little bit of our testimony, if that's okay. Um, so David and I have been together for 21 years. We are going to talk about parenting, but also we're very focused on um, parenting teenagers and young adults because we have more experience in parenting teenagers and young adults. Well, why is that? Sounds weird, like should be even, but it's not. Um, we actually ended up inheriting children that were not our own um, in more than one occasion. So um, David and I both came from very broken homes. Uh, my father was an alcoholic. My parents were divorced since I was six months old, and I mean a severe alcoholic. And um, David was basically raised in the streets. He didn't have a father. His mother had some addiction problems. Um, and she did the very best that she could. And um, when we met, I was 18, and he was 20, and he already had two children and one on the way. <laughs> and um, praise God, I'm a nurturer. And yeah, BC days. So anyways, um, anyways, as, as we got radically saved, I mean radically saved, boo-hoo crying, 
came into the presence of the Lord, and we have not ever looked back since in 2001. So 2002, we were married, so we did everything kind of backwards. Um, and then, anyway, we became, um, he went to Bible college. We became youth pastors, inner city youth pastors for a long time. And when we were pastoring, we ended up inheriting three of our youth from the inner city. Um, and so our family is big, and, and you know, since then we have other sons and daughters that we've inherited, but we ha do have eight children that call us mom and dad, okay, um, five of which are biological. So when I say that we've parented more teenagers and young adults, it's because that's what we've done. So I'll let David start, and then we're kind of going to go um, back and forth. All right, well, I have a hard time just sitting still, as you guys probably already know, um, so I kind of fidget with stuff. But I just want to say I could probably sum this up with, like, three words, you know, um, spank your kids, you know, just kind of like that lady at Walmart with the five kids that are really bad. You just, you just want to take them in the fitting room and just spank them, right? Spank your kids. That usually helps a lot. I'm joking. But no, really, don't, don't, uh, don't spare the rod, right? Um, <laughs> with the belt, yeah, there's nothing wrong with spanking your kids. I mean, I was, well, we're not going to go there. I'm going to save that testimony for another day. But I want to start with Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 to 21, because I think that just kind of sums up um, what we established in our home. Deuteronomy chapter, 18, chapter 11, verse 18 to 21, it says, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. And, and that is critical because if, if, if you establish anything in your home, establish the, your, the word of the Lord. Um, you know, yes, you're gonna, there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be trial and error in parenting. I don't, I don't think no one had it all figured out right from the start. Um, but when, when you establish that, when God is the priority, when Christ is on the uh, altar of your home, um, the situations are a lot more easier to manage. Um, even through the heartaches and everything that you go through. So, so that, that verse right there was important to me because we maintain that in our home regardless. We put it on signs. We talked about it. The kids probably got fed up of us constantly talking about the Lord and, and this, that, and the other. Um, but I believe it, it helped and it plants seeds in them, which I believe they'll carry for the rest of their lives. Um, now, we're, we, the message is about parenting teens and young adults. Um, but a lot of what I'm going to share pertains to the role of the father, um, which I believe is completely applicable here. I shared a lot of it at, in men's groups, so some of it's going to be familiar if any of you were in there. And so I, I just want to start with our role and how important it is. But for the last 35, 45 years or longer, there has been a war that has been waged against men, especially as it pertains to our role in, in the home, um, as fathers, as husbands, and as men. And a prime example I can give of that, for, for those of you especially who are a little bit older like us, it was the show uh, Married with Children. How, how many of you remember that? Al Bundy. Any of you remember Married with Children? Okay, three of us. Um, 
<laughs> it was a show in the 80s, I think early 90s, and basically it, it, it showed a man who really didn't have control of his home. You know, his wife kind of dictated stuff, his kids dictated stuff, his son struggled with lust, his daughter had a boyfriend like every other week, and it was just, it was a dysfunctional home, and, and, that, and, and that was kind of the picture they painted in the home, and, and now there's probably a lot of shows where the man just has absolutely no role of leadership in the house, and the problem with that is, is that our kids are watching this growing up, and this is all they're, they're seeing. If, if that's allowed in your home, if you're watching TV or whatever, your kids are growing up, I, like, I advise you just, you know, probably throw away the TV, um, you know, but that's what they're watching growing up. You know, and, and so that's going to be their perception of the role of a man. And a lot of times that it's, a, it's like almost prophetic. It's like a self-fulfilled prophecy, and that's what their household becomes like. But that's been the war that's been on men for as long as I can remember, you know. And, and it has increased greatly in the last decade, and we can see that through the legalization of homosexual marriage, gender distortion, confusion, um, these are things we're fighting against, but it's hard because it's in our children's faces every day. You know, I know some of us have little kids, they're toddlers still, and so they're not in the school system. And, and we really wish we could have homeschooled our kids because I believe that would have helped a lot. But for those of us who don't or can't, we put our kids in a public school system and we're thinking, well, you know, their parents are Christian, we're implementing these principles in their lives, they're going to go to public school and they're going to be the light. And, and that's where we made our mistake because we put a huge burden on our children. Yeah. So about that. So like I said, our ministry was inner city, um, inner city youth for a lot of years. And so we we really said, go shine like lights in a school that was full of dogs, metal detectors, cops all day, lockdowns all day. I'm talking nothing short of a prison. Really, really rough. Go shine like lights. They were not strong enough to withhold that. It was a uh, expectation that we had on them that really wasn't fair. So, no. you know, you'll hear about our failures. <laughs> that would be one. And our victories. And our victories. But, but yeah, so that was, we, we expected a lot for them, and they, they're just young. They weren't spiritually mature, and that's just a huge burden to put, put on your kids. And, you know, our, our, our oldest son, he had a purity ring in high school, and he really got a hard time. They gave him a hard time with that. I mean, they called him gay. They, they, they really gave him a hard time for that. And he's, you know, he's held on to, to that principle in his life and, and praise God for that. But that's a lot for, for kids to have to handle in school, the bullying. And, and, you know, even my daughter in middle school, you know, it's, I remember growing up and middle school was bad, but my goodness, it is rough because now you got cyberbullying. You know, and there's not really much you can do about that when people are picking you online. At least if someone's picking, picking on you at school, you can wait till after school and then punch them in the nose or something. But you can't do that because they're behind a keyboard <laughs> making fun of you, you know. Um, but before I continue on, I'm going to let my wife um, start and then we'll take it from there. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the roles, the roles of a father, the roles of a mother, um, and throw in some personal experience with that. Um, so a mother's role, um, to start off, um, Timothy had a godly mother and a grandmother who, was so greatly, who so greatly influenced him and that he followed in their footsteps of faith. Okay, um, When the Apostle Paul wrote to encourage Timothy, um, as he led the church in Ephesus, he described Timothy's faith and heritage this way, and this is scripture, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, 
which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. That's 2 Timothy um, 1.5. And just an excerpt of that, I just want to read. Um, Notice that these two female caregivers are praised and acknowledged for the excellent example that they provided in a young home for Timothy. His father was a Gentile and not a believer in Jesus Christ, that's in Acts 16, 1 through 3, yet beginning with Timothy's grandmother Lois and then with his mother Eunice, they were able to make a difference in the teaching of Timothy as a boy, after which he would grow up and be one of the early ministers of the church and faithful companion and co-worker alongside Paul. This was achieved in spite of negative influences of living in a Gentile nation and in a home with an unbeliever. The positive choices Lois made certainly benefited her descendants. So hope in that. Mothers, it is so important, our role. Just as much fathers, but I'm going to talk about mothers. Okay, um, so for me personally, to me the most important role as a mother was to be an example of godliness to my husband and my children. So that's something, once the Lord captivated me, um, that he put inside of me. Had the Lord not had mercy on us and we came to know him, I can't tell you if that would have been the case, to be honest. Um, I've always been a nurturer, I'll be honest with that. Um, So I believe it's important to be a living example of God's attributes. Nurturing is a living example of God's attribute, okay? Um, Now that is much easier, you know, said than done because they will try you, especially we're talking teenagers and young adults. (laughs) That's on a whole other level of grace, Um, but um, they will try you. Um, So they must see you every day making choices in, in godliness, standing out, talking to your children. Um, I'm an over-communicator, so I thought of a story the other day I wanted to share with you guys. Um, this isn't necessarily about me showing my godliness, but I'm a, I'm a nurse, I'm a registered nurse, and so we have always opted out of the talk with our children in the public school. We've always chose for them to not do that, and I have chose to educate them myself. And so, sparing no detail, because I'm an over-communicator and a nurse, two of the boys, I chose to have our talk in a vehicle as we're driving where they cannot get out. And so, we learned all the birds and the bees in the vehicle driving on the highway where they could not escape me and my details. But they know exactly what's going on. So, I just want to say how important it is. That's not about nurturing, that's a side note, but um, it's always been important for me um, to talk to my kids, to always let them know the why behind things. Um, And I was raised in a home where my mom would say to do something and I would say why, and she'd say, because I'd say so, or because I'm the parent. And I'm like, I'm never gonna say those words, and I haven't. Um, So it's important to know the why behind things. Um, So showing godliness. Um, I, don't, I don't want them to not do something because I said not to do it. I want them to see it in me first, that they see the Lord, and then they understand the Lord through my actions as I'm showing godliness. Now, that's very hard, um, but it's something that the Lord deeply put inside of me. Um, and then I just desired to articulate to them in, the, in, in my communication, the Lord's heart. So again, that's the why behind it. 
why wouldn't we want to do this? Why would we want to do that? Why wouldn't we want to do this? It doesn't please the Lord. So um, they would be learning about the Lord at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, do you want to yeah. go next? Um, so for me, I, I look at the father's role um, is to be a priest, a provider, and a protector. Um, and that's what I wanted to instill in, in my sons and, you know, and for my daughter to see that because I wanted to grow up and look for those same qualities in a man. Um, but before that, I wanted to explain the hardships of not having a father. Like my wife said, I, I, I grew up without a father. My father was killed when I was young. And so my whole life was spent um, looking towards the guys that would, would give me time. Usually they were the older guys that were running the streets, the drug dealers and the gangsters, and that's pretty much how I spent the majority of my young life up until I was 25. Um, but what are the hardships of not having a father? There's a lack of a father's discipline. I believe a mother can do good in raising a child because we see it all the time, but I believe there's a different discipline that a father brings that, that helps a young man, uh, helps a child, a, a male, grow up to be a man. And also, uh, 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 something that he brings into the life of his daughter as well, which I think is critical for a female to grow up with a father as well. But the hardships of not having a father, one is um, we lack the father's discipline. We have a false view of manhood when we don't have a, a, especially a godly father in our home to teach us that. Uh, we have a skewed understanding of our role as a father and a husband, partly because we're probably watching TV, and if we look at anything on TV, it, it's pretty much the man has no important role in the home. He just pays the bills and gives money, and the kids do whatever they want, and the, and the wife kind of runs the house, which that's not God's order. Um, and then the wrong influences. So when there's not a man in the home, you have all the wrong influences coming to your life because you're searching for something. So anyone who gives you any kind of attention, that's who you're going to pretty much pull towards. And unfortunately for me, I pulled, all, pulled towards all the wrong influences. And so I made a lot of costly mistakes growing up. Um, and without a father, uh, statistics show that most males specifically um, have a higher chance of becoming a criminal, dropping out of high school, and I know because I was one of those statistics. So all those things are true, and those are the one things that I did not want my kids to have to see. So I did not want that for my, my children. Now, I came to know the Lord, and so that was something that I really brought into my walk and my marriage and my family. Um, but before, if I would have never known the Lord, I probably would have brought all that stuff into our, our life. You know, in, in, in my marriage or in my life in general for my kids. So I probably would have done a really poor job raising my sons because I would have instilled in them street knowledge instead of godly knowledge. And, and that just leads to more problems. Um, but I have made mistakes even after I became a believer because, yes, God took away addictions and he took away a lot of things out of my life when I was, became born again, but there were certain things that God did not take away from me that began a process of uh, sanctification that I had to go through in my walk, and, and, and it was hard because I, when I got saved, there was, there was men here and there, but I never really had someone to biblically disciple me. We went to the discipleship classes and, and we, you know, reading the Bible, and all those things were powerful in my life, but I didn't have someone to really, I was able to build a relationship with to biblically disciple me and teach me the right way uh, to being a, a godly man, a godly husband, and a godly father. So I made some mistakes. And one of the things that I, I truly regret was using the Bible as a form of discipline. When my kids were younger and they would make a mistake or something, I'd be like, you know, the Bible says not to steal, so I want you to read this and read that. And so their, their idea of punishment was having to read Bible verses. And that's just, a, that's a horrible idea. 
Um, because whenever, you know, they think of the Bible, they're, they're thinking of punishment, you know, and, and these were things that I, I didn't know, you know, so I, I'm just, I, I, in my mind, I'm, con- I'm thinking zeal or whatever, but that was just not the proper way to discipline my children. Uh, my reaction and anger. If there was any struggle that I have dealt with the longest, it was definitely anger. It's just been something that's been passed down in the Santiago line that I'm constantly binding and rebuking, and you know. And and now my anger is more, uh, you know. I take it out in prayer, right? I don't take it out on people anymore, physically. Um, never on my family. Never on my family. You never beat me. Never. Um, but you know, that's how I used to react back in the day. Um, you know, and early on as well, I treated my wife poorly in front of my children. You know, again, there was no physical abuse or nothing like that, but I did not treat her like the, the godly woman that she is. You know, I would say things that were mean or wrong, and, and those are just not things that you do in front of your kids. In the spare of the moment, you're angry and you say things, and, you know, you, you tend to apologize a lot. I think men apologize a lot more than women, naturally, um, at least in, for me, but... <laughs> But, but they were, it was meaningful. It was definitely meaningful. Um, being a buddy more than a father. Um, I don't think I was ever that guy with my children, with my boys especially. I was never the buddy. I was, I was more of like the, the disciplinary father. Um, you know, there was a couple times I had to grab my boys and raise them up against the wall and stuff, you know, because uh, kids nowadays, they, they're grown. Oh, you're grown, okay, well, let's handle this like, like grown folks then, you know. And <laughs> So, you know, but I never really beat my kids. I probably spanked them a few times, but when I was growing up, I I got beat, like, severely. And so my fear was that I would lose control, you know, spanking my kids. And so if I could change anything, I'd probably spank them more, honestly. But but my fear of losing control because of what happened to me growing up, I just, I didn't want to do that. But so far, they've turned out okay. So we must have done something right. Um, Grace of God. Double standard living, and, and this is big, and when we were youth pastors, we saw this all the time because um, kids would, would, would be hesitant and truly pursuing the Lord in many ways because they would see their parents, you know, and their parents would, at church, they're the most holiest spiritual people in the world, but when they get home, you know, they're completely different. They're, they're drinking, they're partying, they're watching this, that, and the other, and, and, and kids are smart, and so they, they see that, and, you know, they see, well, this is a double standard, and so it must be fake, or it must not re- be real until they actually encounter the Lord, and it completely changes that. Um, i got two more things. Can I just elaborate on the double standard? Oh, yeah. So when we took in um, the teenagers that, when we were youth, you know, the children that were given to us, the, the young adults and the teenagers, the three, um, wh- I also asked them, you saw the video, what, you know, we know, we did a lot of things wrong, but what else did we do right? And hands down, even the families we've brought in, um, they say you kept it real. There was full transparency all the time. So it was, whether that's good or whether that's bad, it wasn't, we're pretty um, transparent people. We've always been that way. And so the transparency was always consistent, if that makes sense. So um, I think that at least has been something that they saw realness um, whether it was really, really raw and in their face, um, you know, or if it was in the home or in the church, it was just at least consistent. So don't make this mistake. Tell them to not do things you do. 
right? Uh, for instance, video games, you know, guys will play video games and, well, this game's violent, you shouldn't play it because you're a little too young and, you know, I'm the parent, therefore I can do it, but you can't. Um, technology usage, you know, well, you spend so much time on your phone and then you're sitting there spending five hours on Facebook yourself, you know, it's double standard. Music, rated R movies, you know, uh, we, we can't have a double standard lifestyle when we're raising our, our children, you know, when, obviously when they're little kids, you know, they, they shouldn't be probably doing most of these things, watching rated R movies, I hope not. Uh, but as they, they grow and they're teenagers, those same principles need to apply. You know, if you're not going to watch, if you don't want them to watch rated R movies, you probably shouldn't either. Amen. You know, if you're, not, if you're not listening to worldly music and you don't want them to listen to worldly music, just, just don't. You know, and, and that's the type of uh, principles that you want to instill in your children. Don't watch this because I don't watch this. I don't want you to watch it. And this is just a standard we're going to have in our home. And it needs to be consistent. Because again, the kids see the double standard and the, a lot of them are not going to want nothing to do with church because they see uh, the, the double standard. Um, I'll pass it on to you. Okay. Um, another role that um, I've incorporated, I uh, talked about it a little bit, was nurturing my children. So I've always been a nurturer, like I said, all of my upbringing. Um, I literally remember nurturing salamanders and baby birds and bunnies. Like, I would nurture anything to death. Thank God, you know, with um, my husband, you know, I am a nurturer, so we've had a, an abound of children that I love to nurture. Um, but I will nurture anything to the extreme, even Barbie dolls. So um, <laughs> I think I've smothered my children um, literally with so many hugs and kisses. It's just we're very much, you know, greeting with a kiss, a very huggy, kissy family, to be honest with you, at least me and my children. Nurturing is a characteristic of the Lord, okay? So that was put inside of us women from the Lord. Now, the enemy has done a really good job um, in the, you know, last um, several years of dampening that in women. I have ministered to several women personally that um, the nurturing was just not in them. It was um, due to severe wounding as a child. So because they were so wounded, they wanted nothing to do with nurturing their own children, even to the point of not holding them, um, things like that. Um, David told me something very, very interesting when he just went to Africa with Dave. Um, he said that he noticed the children up until like the age two or after age like two, they were kind of like they, the mothers weren't holding them a lot. Like they were walking and like more less less nurturing to them as infants. Like I think we tend to maybe do that a little bit differently. But he said that that stood out um, to to him when he was in Africa, not so much nurturing in the to in the toddler years. I don't know, Dave, if you can attest to that <laughs> or why that might be do you know no okay um, so in the teenage and the young adult years the nurturing looks a little differently I still you know bother my boys with kisses you know and my and my 12 year old but you know, they're like oh, and, and me gosh <laughs> Yeah, and um, but it is what it looks like nurturing when they're older like that is listening and showing that you care for them Okay, so that is everything. If you can show some time and that you're willing to listen and just let them talk, that's everything. Now, I have to tell you, when you do this, parents, 
pray in advance because you have to be ready to brace yourself. Right, Kev? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what's going to come when your young adult or your teenager starts uh, unloading everything. So you just have to brace yourself for what's going to come <laughs> and then be ready to minister. Um, because if, if you've done it right, and like we've really tried, I want my kids to come to me. We want our kids to come to us, no matter how hard it is, no matter what they're facing. We don't want it to be a surprise or hearing it from somebody else. We want them to be able to come to us. Not that it's going to be okay and not that we're going to say we agree, but we want to at least be their guidance and at least able to give them, you know, godly wisdom in that situation. So I have had several occasions where you just kind of have to brace yourself and then navigate out of what they just told you and give them wisdom. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, so um, I think really the nugget in that in, um, in parenting um, young adults and um, teenagers, even, even your younger children, is just listening and that undivided attention. Amen. So one of the roles as a father is to be a priest of our home. Um, that's crucial and very important, and one of the things I really try to instill in my boys is how important it is to be a priest of the home. Um, Jesus is the high priest, and he mediates for us before God. That's first and foremost. But as godly husbands and fathers, we are the priests of our home, spiritually speaking, and therefore we represent our wives and children before God daily. Uh, we, pray for their need, we pray for the needs and the concerns of our wife. We pray for the salvation of our children, and on their behalf, just like Job asked the Lord to forgive the sins of his children, we do that as well. Um, we set the spiritual atmosphere in our homes. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that is, that is so true. Yes, we've, we've made some mistakes in raising our children, and, you know, raising children is, is trial and error. You, you know, you, you do some things wrong, you learn from it, you don't do that again. Um, but if you do your best to train up a child the way he should go, when he grows, he will continue to apply certain principles. Yes, he will make mistakes, and the hardest thing for a parent is to watch your children fail sometimes. You, you want to rescue them all the time. You just, you just want to rescue them. You don't want them to, to constantly go through obstacles, but a lot of times God allows us to go through those issues, those obstacles, and those problems to help build our character, and so we have to let our children fail sometimes. Obviously, we don't you know, want them to get into harm's way or nothing like that, but God's building their character as well. Sometimes we need to step back and, and allow that to happen and then come back in and help guide them afterwards through the healing process or whatever it was that they went through. Our son, uh, David, he, he is the oldest, and since he was a child, we've instilled these things in him. And is he perfect? No, but he's always been a, a worshiper at heart, and that's just been his passion. And so to this day, he'll, he'll play on his guitar and he'll worship in the room. And, and, you know, we wish he was more open about it, but, you know, that will come. Um, but he is a worshiper at heart, and we've always try to um, extract that gift out of him and encourage him to, to do that more um, consistently. Jaden, um, he's our middle child, and, you know, I was a middle child, and, you know, the middle child, you know, that sometimes they're a little rough, right? But there's been words spoken over him. We truly believe in, in the prophetic words and the plan that God has for his life as a leader. Um, he, is, he is a leader. He's had um, some issues at a previous church that we were at in the youth ministry, um, and, and we, we had as well, but it was really damaging to him as a teenager because of his, his, 
his maturity level. And, and so that's why his walk has been inconsistent. Um, and so we're just walking him through this. We know that he has a calling upon his life. He's not a bad kid, but he's not fully walking in the plans and purposes of God. Um, but we know that God's promises will come forth. And so we are trusting in that. Our daughter's still young, you know, and, I, and my other two kids. I, I, we just believe in the promises of God. So we've always instilled those things in them. And we truly believe that as they grow older, those, same, those principles will continue to be in their lives. And we trust that and we believe that because the word says so. Um, as priests, we pray for our children, but we also teach them specifically the word, and that's uh, what I've tried to do consistently in their lives is help, help them learn the, the word of God. I don't believe this is the job of the school system to do. It's not the job of the government to do, and it's really not the job of youth pastors to teach our children the word of God. It's, it's the role of the parents. Now, that's not to speak ill of youth pastors. They're, they're, they, they feed sheep as well, and, and they're a blessing because we, we were them, and so they're a blessing. But it's, it's our role, so we can't be mad and say, well, why isn't the pastor or the youth pastor preaching the word to the kids? Or, well, why aren't you preaching the word to your, to your kids? You know, you're their pastor. You're their shepherd. You're their, you're their priest. And so it's, it's our role to teach them the word of God. Um, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. So we continue to teach them the word, we continue to pray for them, and we continue to train them up as teenagers, even as young adults, because um, the, the young adults need the word too, don't they? Uh, but it, it gets a little bit harder as they get older. It does get a little bit harder. Um, when they're younger, they're more sponges, and they'll, they'll kind of receive everything. As they get older, you, as you get older, you begin to get st stuck in your ways, you know, and so it's a lot harder uh, to instill things as you get older. Um, but. So I say that, I'm going to stand up for a second. I say this all the time. Um, to me, as far as parenting goes, parenting young adults is the hardest thing I've done because it's navigating, um, for me at least, just personally being transparent. It's like you don't, you're not wanting to be in the friend zone. We've never been those parents that are in the friend zone, but you want to be able to guide them. Um, and then just, at least in our situation, like he shared um, with Jaden particularly, just being transparent, just um, it's not a matter of the if with him and the Lord, it's the matter of when. And so tarrying in that season has been hard. And then watching them fail or, or, or you know, um, make mistakes, it's just hard. At least it's hard for me. Now, um, I stand up because this is my favorite segment I'm going to talk about, and it's um, my favorite part of our, our role um, as a mom, and it's, uh, to, at least for me, a prayer warrior for my family. Right? Who embraces that? That is so important. So um, I have my little handy-dandy book. Whoever came to our um, marriage group that we did at our house that we talked about, praying for your spouses. So this is my also my go-to, my warfare when I really want to get down and dirty for my kids. I also pull this out because I declare the scriptures over them. Um, and so I refuse to relent. I'm just going to say that. I refuse to give up. I refuse to step back. I refuse to relent. And I will not let the enemy have one ounce of our children. And I don't care if it takes every breath in me crying out to the Lord. I'm going to stand there until he's faithful. And you know what else? 
my grandmother, I have decided because she was a godly woman, I know she prayed us to salvation because we were so messed up. And um, I have also resurrected her prayers for my father, her son. As a mother, I know she cried out for my father as her son, and I embrace that, and I don't let her prayers fall to the ground either because I'm going to stand in the gap for her as a mother. She's no longer here on this earth, but I'm going to stand in the gap um, for her as a mother. So with this, I just want to share with you a little bit, and if you ever want a copy, I have you know text pictures of this to lots of women, and you just pull that out, and you just go to war. Okay, because nothing is more important. The Lord has taught me this himself. Like David said, we have not had spiritual mothers and fathers, honestly, really come alongside of us and just like teach us. I really feel like the Lord, for some reason, just said, I'm going to teach you too. And it's through a lot of fire, <laughs> really honestly, bloodshed and tears that he's taught us. But for some reason, that's just been his way with us. And so we've said, yes, you know, we haven't necessarily had that. Um, but for some reason, the Lord has chosen us to be that for others. So we fully embrace it. Um, but in this, it's covering your children in the word daily, okay? So I'll just read some of these, but it's literally head to toe. We're covering them. Um, so it's fill in the blank with your child. God's word that goes out of, you know, I'll say Jaden's mouth will not return to him empty, but will accomplish what he desires and will achieve the purpose in Jaden's life for which he has sent it. And you're just declaring the word and putting them in there. Um, over here on the other page, praying for your children. My child, Jaden, has the um, hearing heart of Samuel, is like an olive plant. Um, he is a child of the light. He has ordination of Jeremiah. He has David's understanding of God's authority. On and on and on. That lends the Lord's ear. Because we are declaring his word, his truth, and sifting through everything that the enemy is trying to plant. Um, so, um, like I was gonna, I was saying. So this is something very important to me. I'm just a little bit passionate about it. I really believe no change in anything will ever come without prayer. But you have to do it. You have to do it. Even if your prayer, and this is my prayer a lot, is just help me. Literally, if that's all you can get out and you just say, help me, Lord, he will. And he responds to even a prayer like that, so simple. Um, our children have grown up seeing prayer in our home. The laying on of hands has been something that they have seen their whole entire life. Um, it's not something that they, they, they grew up, literally we're in the grocery store, we're going to go pray for that lady's knee. Um, in our house, um, people have come into our home. For some reason, the Lord has chosen us to bring people into our home, and I can't say that's been easy on our children. We've gotten people off meth like three times in our home, taken in whole families that are on the brink of divorce, you know, the parents and the children. Um, they're, they're very, they were raised very used to sharing because people would come into our home, and that is where the ministry would happen. Um, there's good and bad things that come with that. But with that, they constantly sought prayer because that is how we don't have the means to supernaturally get someone off meth. But the Lord did, and he did it three times in our house. And there was never any alternate drugs given to get them off the meth. There was never anything but prayer and us tarrying with them. 
and our dark basement a few times in Wisconsin, you know, the, the 10 days of like serious withdrawal, to be honest. Um, but um, the Lord has really shown me how to, this is the season I'm in right now, the Lord has shown me to not be moved by what I see in the physical. So he just literally, the last probably six months, I've, I've with Jaden particularly, I'll be honest, and, and I have just sat there and looked at him with compassion, and the Lord said, do not be moved. Do not be moved, and I will not move. I am not going to be moved by what I see in the physical. We shouldn't be moved by what we see because the Lord is so much greater, and that's where faith comes in. And we only need a little bit of the faith, right? Um, so it's easy to get discouraged, and like I said, I refuse to relent um, until they are all walking in their calling. And as mothers, that is the mantle we should take on, warring for our children and our husbands. Um, and I just, my heart's cry is that they would, it, our heart's cry really, is that they would surpass anything that we have ever done for the kingdom by leaps and bounds. That's our ultimate goal. Amen. Um, <clears throat> one of our uh, other roles as fathers, as men, as husbands, is to be a provider. Um, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And it's very powerful words. Um, and ultimately, men, I believe we are responsible for the needs of our family. And there's just no way around that. From a biblical perspective, we are supposed to be the main financial providers. And I stress that to my sons all the time. Um, that we are called, biblically speaking, to be the main providers, financial providers in our home. Now, yes, we live in a society where that, that's different, and I think a lot of it has been skewed, um, but that is ultimately our role. You know, and, and in our instance, because of the background we came from, the history that we have, and we did things a little bit different, and then my background, my wife has always been the main financial provider. Now, I believe now that the Lord has given me a business, I believe that doors are going to open and, and he's going to allow me the ability to, to bring my wife home. And, I, and I'm, I'm completely leaning in on that. I'm sure she's, she's happy about that as well because um, it's definitely due. But because of my history, I've always been prevented to get a really good career job because I, I'm, I gotten into trouble with the law. And that's always prevented me from getting a good job. Now, before I used to be angry and be like, well, why won't they give me another chance or a second chance? You know, it's not fair. What are guys are supposed to do to get back on their feet? Because most of the guys, especially young guys, if you don't give them opportunities, they're going to go back to what they know, and that's the street. And I thank God for his mercy and his grace and the Holy Spirit of my life that prevented me from doing that. But I eventually I understood that it's not their fault that they won't hire me. It's my fault. Um, and so I, God has always allowed me to have work and jobs and to be able to complement income, but never allowed, I never had the ability to have more to bring her home. But that day's coming soon. And so that's been, always been my main struggle. Um, how can it affect children? Well, you know, if, if my kids are always seeing my wife constantly pull the weight all the time, that, you know, that's obviously something that I never wanted them to have to endure or experience. And so I've always shared with my sons that this is not how things are supposed to go. This is not how it's supposed to be, but because of the history, because of our situation, this is just always how it, how it looked and probably how it looked to them, but they know the reason why. Um, and so it, it can set a bad example. 
Um, there are always circumstances like mine that hinder that, but it should never be an excuse to not strive to be the main financial provider, or unless you have some physical disability that completes you, completely prevents you from you know, being the main provider financially. Um, and for your children, if, if I can provide for my kids and they get out of high school to go to college, I would love to do that. And we've had the opportunity to do that to an extent. Um, more importantly, I want my children to see me make wise decisions financially. Um, they haven't always been wise, but I'd say we've made better decisions than bad ones financially. <laughs> uh, I, wanna, I wanted my children, my boys specifically, to see me pay tithes, pay the bills, be great steward with my finances and just being givers, which we are, so they can model that as they grow to become godly men and women. And, and so that, that was always important to me. Um, I know we're running out of time, so I want to get through as much. We got time? 40 minutes? So you have 10. 10? Oh, until 8? Yeah. yeah. We have right. 8 minutes. Well, let me go th this real quick and then. All right. You did that last um, week, too. <laughs> <laughs> so also our role is to protect our family. And this is really important to me as well because, yeah, we protect them physically, but more importantly, we have to protect them spiritually. Um, so more importantly, we're going to protect them from spiritual threats. And it is crucial that I have been teaching this to my sons. We always put ourselves between our families and all those who do harm physically and spiritually, but the greatest weapon we have protecting our families is not a gun, it's holiness. And I share that with the guys. We, you know, a gun can only do so much, but if we're spiritually allowing stuff into our home, that's going to bring more destruction than what a gun ever could. Um, holiness helps us to have spiritual discernment and allows us to protect our families and ourselves against moral, spiritual, mental, and emotional threats. When we lack holiness in our lives, we open spiritual doors and windows into our home. We give the devil a legal right to wreak havoc in our families, and that falls on us as men, husbands, and fathers. Um, Proverbs 13.24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves his, love him is diligent to discipline him. That's the other aspect of protection for us as men. We have to discipline our children, and that is crucial as well. When it comes to protecting our children, I believe disciplining them when they do wrong is a great way to keep them safe, but it also teaches them justice, and it helps prevent them from making bad decisions for fear of repercussions, not only from man, but also from God. So it is important that we teach that um, to our children. And, and one example um, that I, that's in the Word, if we do not discipline them, if we never lead them to Christ, or at minimum be examples of Christ's there is a high possibility that they will live a sinful lifestyle. Um, and so I was, I was looking at, uh, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verse 13, of the story of Eli and his sons. He was a passive father who probably never disciplined his son. And not only that, but he knew they were living in sin while in service to God. And what was the outcome? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13 says, I told him that I would, this is the Lord, I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. They all paid the price for that. When we don't discipline our children as, as fathers, as parents, when we don't discipline them, and it's just free reign. And if we don't discipline them throughout their lives and then decide when they're 14, 15, we're going to discipline them, it's going to become a disaster. Um, so protecting and disciplining goes hand in hand, and so we must protect our family and our children. Should I just finish that? All right, let me just finish that real quick. So, men, just like Nehemiah built a physical wall around Jerusalem, and I believe Trump's going to build a wall around the, well, the border, <laughs> praise God, 
Um, so are we to build a spiritual wall around our families to protect them. And how do we do that? We pray, we fast, we love our wives and G- as Jesus loves his church. We love and discipline our children. We search the scriptures daily and apply its principles in our lives. We seek godly counsel and wisdom, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, so let's teach these principles to our children. Okay, men? Amen. Amen. Okay, so just quickly, if I can, uh, the last attribute I'm going to talk about just real quick is strength. Right? So we live in a day and age where we have strong, independent women, right? Yeah. So I've always considered myself a strong woman. I come from a very long line of very strong women, um, but that's not a good thing. So um, for me, my definition of being a strong woman has changed over the years. I can definitely say that through the grace of God who has done a lot of work on me. And you see, I I come from, like I said, a very long bloodline of strong women. And I don't mean this in a good way because they tear down their husbands. They're verbally very aggressive, and I'm not dogging my family, but it's true. Um, And they say whatever is on their mind because they're keeping it real. And it's destructive. It's destructive, and they also, um, on top of that, will go days on end with silent treatment, which, ladies, is a form of witchcraft just so you know. Um, So that's what I came out of. That's what I was raised around. My grandmother on my mother's side, that's who I'm referring to, not the one who was praying for her son, that's on my father's side. Um, Very verbally aggressive still. Very Very much has wounded her children. So that was in me. I have had to get before the Lord, and you guys, I am still working on it, to just bring me lower. Bring me lower, shut my mouth, tell me when to speak and not to speak. I walked through two years with the Lord where he just said, look at me. Don't look at him. Don't look over here. Just look at me, look at me, look at me. And he took me through some really deep hurts and some really tragic things, I'll be honest. And I just looked at him. And he and I walked together. And so what I mean by my definition of being a strong woman, now it's in the secret place for me. So my strength in the workplace as a leader, my strength in the home as a mother, now I'm not perfect, like I just said, I'm working on it, but um, that, that rising up and having to be right or have, I just, I don't want anything to do with it, I wanna run. I personally am at a place where I don't have time for that. I wanna be what the Lord has called me to be. I don't wanna hinder him, I don't wanna be destructive. I want to be the Lord's hands and his feet Um, I've learned that my strength is not a title or through striving. My strength for my family is a perseverance when it gets really hard. And my children have seen this, you guys. It's gotten really hard. We've been through really, really, really hard seasons. Um, But through the Lord, when it gets rough, you know, when it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, God has been my source. And I say that. All the time, because it's true, I always say the Lord's my source. Or, um, you know, um, I was going to tell a story about when the power went out one time, but (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) We'll save that for a different time. Um, And possibly hard family situations, ministry hurt. Our children have seen me, seen us stand in faith and stand before the Lord no matter what darts were thrown. And we just had to look at the Lord. Um, And for truly, it... That is where our help come from, comes from. And as a result, our kids have seen victories unfold right before their eyes. 
and that's the truth. Sometimes all you can do is stand, but that's okay, because the Lord's standing with you. So to me, that's strength. Um, it has been a bl huge blessing to be able to share with you guys tonight, and I just want to thank you um, for that. There's, there's so much more that, you know, it's kind of hard condensing all this, you know, and, and some of you know you're parenting your children from childhood all the way to adulthood. There's just countless things that you can touch on, and it's, it's really hard to put this into, like, a uh, few sheets, you know, so I, I think it's awesome that we're able to have week after week these, these parenting classes because they're going to give you different um, ideas, different perceptions, and, and different testimonies of, of people and how they, they've raised their kids and what the Lord has done through them. Um, so, th yeah, so we're, we're grateful to be, have, have been able to do this, um, but there is so much more we're learning, um, especially as our kids are mostly all young adults now. <laughs> But, but we love them, and we thank God for the victories. Well, uh, 12 is not a young adult, but well, she you know, she's she almost is. a teenager. <laughs> she thinks she is. <laughs> My wallet says so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, ju just what you have accomplished in, in our lives, Lord God, j helping us, Lord, through difficulties, Father God. And we just, we just praise you, Lord, because you have extended so much grace and so much mercy uh, on us, Lord, uh, and undeservingly so, Lord. But we are grateful for it, Lord God, and we will continue to, to uh, glorify you, Lord God, praise your name, Lord, and do everything we possibly can to, to raise children, Lord God, to be an example to those who are in need, Father. Um, and we just pray, utilize us, Lord. Utilize us to do your will, Lord, as, as we continue to uh, be ambassadors for Christ out into the world, out in the community, and even in your house, Lord God. May we continue to be examples of you, Lord. So, so we just we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. And we continue to uh, just, uh, just honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And Father, we just speak hope right now, Lord, tonight, Lord, to any situation um, as parents in this room or um, even family members that people in this room might know that just seem hopeless with their children as parents. Father, we just speak hope into that right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I just ask that you would be their strength, Father, that you would just rain down wisdom and strategy, Father God, but most of all, give them the strength to tarry, Father God, and to, to seek you in the secret place and just pray about this situation just surrender it and lift it up to you and Lord I just come to you right now and we just surrender any hurt from anyone in this room um, that that might have been hurt by their own parents father God Lord I just strongly feel people do the best job that they know how and the definition of best is just not always the same so father we just speak to every hurt place right now in the name of Jesus that would have been hurt by parents father God we just speak forgiveness Lord your grace your love your mercy over that situation Father, that you would just release them from that, Father, that that season would be behind them once and for all, and that they might move into just a new season, a refreshed season, Father God. Lord, that you would just bring breakthrough in that. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just trust you with everything tonight, Father God. You are our hope, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen.